Saturday, January 20th, 2024. Welcome into the Mac Truck Podcast here on Spotify and wherever you get your streaming pleasure. I am your hostess with the mostest, Mackenzie Brooks, aka the Mac Truck, aka the worst nightmare of your imagination. We're here, We've got a short docket for you. We're gonna be talking UFC 297, Strickland versus Duplessis, men's and women's college basketball, and the divisional rounds of the NFL playoffs week two and then just some news and notes for the podcast overall so let's get into it tonight january 20th 2024 ufc 297 will go down in canada sean strickland versus drakus duplessis for the world middleweight championship title sean strickland is really his first defense um and i don't know if people had followed the last ufc card at the last major ufc card pay-per-view um sean strickland and drakus duplessis end up throwing what seemed to be uh, a very poor fist fight in the crowd um sean strickland asked somebody's child to move out of the way so he can hop over the barriers to fight him um, but they'll finally settle the score here tonight. Uh, starting off this main card, we have Allen versus Evolov. Allen comes in 19-2-0. Evolov is 17-0. Um, stances for both of these gentlemen. Evolov is an orthodox fighter. Allen is a southpaw. And I know that some southpaws give lots of orthodox fighters um, an issue, so we'll look forward to seeing that. Um, I'm taking Arnold Allen in this one by unanimous decision after three rounds. Um, submission percentage for both of them, 0.31 for Allen and 0.29 for Evolov. Um, Reach, Evolov has the advantage with uh, 72.5 for Reach advantage to Arnold Allen's 70 inches. Um, significant strike percentages are going to be um, just under 4%. For Allen and just over four and a half for Evolov. Um, like I said, these both are coming in at featherweights, uh, so we're going to see. And it looks like everything from weigh-ins was official. So that Arnold Allen fight and Evolov fight will be the first one of the main card. Moving on to the middleweight division, uh, Curtis versus um, Berialt. Curtis comes in uh, 30 10 and 0. Uh, Berialt uh, 16 6 and 0. Both gentlemen are orthodox. Um, Chris Curtis is going to have that reach advantage, 75 and a half to Barryalt's uh, uh, 74-inch reach. Uh, significant strikes is where uh, Barryalt's going to have that advantage, uh, just under 6% to Chris Curtis's 5.3. Um, but again, both of them are orthodox fighters. Um, I'm going to take Chris Curtis with this one. Um, Chris Curtis has looked really, really good after some of his last fights. Um, and I think if he can uh, beat Barrel in this, I think he will be next in line for a possible contention at the title, um, or at least getting a new ranking in that middleweight division. Moving on to the third fight in the main event card, Neil Magny versus Mike Malone. Uh, Neil Magny comes in 28-12-0, uh, Mike Malone 10-1-1. and both gentlemen are orthodox stance. Um, significant sh- strikes are going to be the big difference here. Um, Mike Malo 4.21 in terms of percentage um, to 4.39 um, in favor of Neil Magny. 80-inch um, reach advantage over 
Um, Neil Magny does take that category itself. Um, submission percentage uh, 1.52 for Mike Malo uh, to Neil Magny 0.27. So this fight's going to be interesting. I think this is a good fight to put on a, on a such a heavy card like this. Um, and I'm going to take Neil Magny by unanimous decision. Um, I just think he's going to end up being more active. I can't wait to see this card in its entirety. Moving on to the co-main event of this title, UFC um, 297, Raquel Pennington versus Buena Silva for the women's vacant bantamweight division. Uh, Raquel Pennington comes in 15-9-0 to uh, Buena Silva's 10-2-1. Um, both ladies are orthodox fighters. Um, the significant strikes in the reach advantage is very, very similar. Um, Raquel Pennington comes in with a, a 4.02 significant strike percentage to uh, 4.16 uh, in favor of Buena, Buena Silva. Reach advantage 67.5 in favor of Pennington and 66.5 um, not favoring Buena Silva. Um, the submission percentage is where this gets interesting. Buena Silva in favor of her 1.5 each uh, fight projectively to the just over half a percent for Raquel Pennington. Um, Raquel Pennington is very much a stand-up fighter. Uh, Buena Silva likes to pressure you and get you to the ground. Um, this title fight is going to be bloody. Not that much I can tell you right now. Um, Raquel Pennington has been in the game for a very long time. She's a pioneer of the sport. Um, and I think she gets the title here. I think she snaps that uh, vacancy and starts to rebuild the women's bantamweight division. Moving on to the main event, Sean Strickland versus Dracus Duplessis. Um, Sean Strickland, 28-5-0. and 0. Uh, Dracus Duplessis, 22-0. Um, Sean Strickland is an orthodox stance fighter, where Duplessis is a switch stance fighter. Um, and switch stance fighters seem to give everybody issues, even if you're a lefty fighting a switch stance or a righty fighting a switch stance, because you never know what stance they're either going to start in or stay in. So I look forward to seeing Dracus Duplessis get this title. I am taking him to beat Sean Strickland by knockout or submission of some kind. Um, Sean Strickland and Dracus Duplessis reach advantage. There is none because they both have the exact same reach advantage with 76 inches. Um, significant strikes is where we're going to differ a little bit. Um, almost one full percent um, in flavor of Dracus Duplessis. Um, 6.95 to 5.92. Like I said, just over half a percent more than Sean Strickland. Um, submission percentage, um, 1.08 for Duplessis to Sean Strickland's 0.20. So, with these stats, it's it's going to be pretty pretty bloodbath and pretty heavy as well. Um, I, I think Dracus Duplessis um, comes out on fire. I think he comes out in a lefty stance and then switches um, in between the rounds. So I think it's going to be a good fight. I'm not really sure what kind of antics have been happening after said weigh-in today or last night rather and during the press conferences this week, I am still catching up with everything in terms of that. Um, from what I have seen, it has looked pretty intense between Sean Strickland and Dracus Duplessis. And I know this rivalry has been bit, has been brewing since um, Sean Strickland beat um, Israel Adesanya for that title in its entirety. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Moving on to 
men's and women's college basketball recaps and previews. Um, starting in for the men, we got number six Baylor at Texas. Um, Texas is came in to this game unranked and hitting a buzzard beater coast to coast layup from Tyrese Hunter um, after Baylor drained a three point to give them the the tie 73-73 with just about five seconds between the game clock and the end of the game. Um, Hunter inbounds it to his post. His post swings it back out. Hunter drives all the way through the half court down into his own basket, gets bumped on the way up, hits the layup off the window, and solidifies the winning two-point shot for the Texas Longhorns. Baylor came in at number six at this game. Um, Walter for Baylor had 22 points, seven rebounds, and one assist. Uh, Tyrese Hunter, 21 points, one rebound, and three assists. That game was wild. I watched some of it, some of it on my break today at work. Um, very, very, oh, very intense, very back and forth. The first half was nothing but... Um, constant possession changes back and forth very intense uh just some team stats for the baylor texas game uh baylor uh, field goal 47.9 to texas is 59.1 uh three-point percentage 47.7 for texas to baylor's 50 across the board um 10 turnovers to seven turnovers and 26 rebounds to 24 rebounds in favor of um in favor of Baylor in terms of the rebound percentages, but the turnovers is where the game was essentially help decided. Um, seven turnovers to ten. I mean, it's only a three three turnover difference, but then you go back to the first stat of the overall team field goal percentage, which means people were knocking down free throw shots for those Texas Longhorns. Every shot counts. Can't just be shooting um, logo threes and lucky shots. We got to be hitting all the short shots, mid-range, um, post play as well. And just uh, judging from that first stat, you can tell that that's exactly how Texas attacked this game. Going into this game, being unranked and being down at, ho- at home versus Baylor coming in at number six. Huge, huge win for the Texas Longhorn men. I hope they are able to get ranked after this weekend's uh, pool of play. Moving on, Creighton comes in at number 18 at Seton Hall. Seton Hall is not yet ranked. Creighton ends up beating Seton Hall in uh, triple overtime, 97-94. and um, Kalkbrenner had 28 points, 9 rebounds, and 0 assists. Uh, Richmond for Seton Hall had a triple-double with uh, 21 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists. Um, that game in its entirety was nothing but, again, just like the Texas-Baylor game, back and forth, back and forth, just possession after possession, um, turnover, steals. It was very electric, just like a, a high-intensity men's game normally is. Moving on to team stats, um, Creighton field goal percentage, 42-7 to 41.9 for Seton Hall, um, 36.1 um, three-point percentage to 35.7 in favor of Seton Hall. Turnovers, six turnovers to Seton Hall's nine turnovers and rebounds is the big discrepancy, 45 rebounds to 56 rebounds in favor of Seton Hall, um, So, which means... Um, lots of 50-50 balls, lots of miscues in that first half of that game uh, in terms of percentage-wise. 
Um, so the Seton Hall Pirates are something to be looking for in its entirety once March, March Madness comes. I think Seton Hall is going to go at least to the Sweet 16, um, and they could even end up going further. Creighton is always a thorn in, in people's side. Creighton is a basketball state, basketball school rather. Um, whether it's men's or women's, Creighton is here to ruin your season. Um, that's what they're good at. That's what they've always been good at. That's been their pedigree as a blue blood basketball school. So I look forward to seeing those two in the men's match, uh, March Madness tournament in the months to come. Moving on to women's college basketball recap. TCU unfortunately had to forfeit. Um, they were supposed to go um, up to Hilton Coliseum to face those Lady Cyclones and Audie, Audie Crooks. Um, that big new freshman phenom center for the Cyclone women. Unfortunately, they um, did have to forfeit the game because TCU's player so- uh, shortage that is happening as it stands. Um, they did post something on social media for open tryouts um, for the TCU women's basketball team. Um, and it's, it's just kind of upsetting to see that a team actually has had to forfeit games due to a player shortage. I know players have been getting hurt, been getting sick. Um, some players just haven't been able to keep up with the grades. So I look forward to seeing if TCU can get enough players back to um, finish out the rest of the season. Um, That would be shameful if they had to cut the rest of their season due to just a player shortage. Um, So we'll see. We're going to keep an eye on that and see how that goes. Moving on, DePaul at number nine, UConn. Uh, DePaul ends up falling to UConn, uh, 51 to 88. McGurr Lane for DePaul, 15 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, and Sade, 21 points, 7 rebounds, and 2 assists um, in favor of the UConn Huskies. Um, team stats here for DePaul and UConn, 30.5 field goal percentage to a 50% across the board for the UConn Huskies. Um, 28.6 point percentage completion to 21.4 and UConn's not a big three-point shooting team they do have shooters that will shoot the three but consistently they are more of a mid-range and paint opportunity creation of in terms of shots um so that stat doesn't really surprise me too too much um normally their three-point percentage in terms of UConn is is just over 25 so uh, this was just a little bit um lesser of efficiency in terms of the three-point percentages. Uh, Moving on, 27 turnovers to DePaul um, over 16 turnovers. That is an 11 turnover difference, which means UConn's defense was all over the court, flying around, creating chaos, creating turnovers, not necessarily steals and blocks, but creating those two turnover opportunities, um, tight press defense, uh, tight zone defenses, things like that. And finally, uh, 34 rebounds to UConn's 42 rebounds um, in favor of UConn. Again, they did end up winning that game 88 to 51. And those rebounds are a huge percentage of that. Moving on to another Big 12 matchup, uh, Kansas at Kansas State. Kansas State comes in at number seven and ends up taking a win over the Jayhawks, 69-58. Franklin for the uh, Kansas Jayhawks, 18 points, one rebound, three assists. And Sundell for the Kansas State Wildcats, 15.6 rebounds, seven assists. 
team stats, um, Kansas 41.5 in terms of field goal, field goal percentage completion to Kansas State 40 across the board. Three-point percentage is going to be 13 and a half for Kansas to 31.8 in terms of KSU and their three-point percentage completion. That was more than likely the game right there, 31.8 three-points completed in terms of a percentage um, is almost double what those Jayhawks had. Um, 18 turnovers to 11 turnovers and then 34 rebounds and 34 rebounds. So both teams were equal in terms of the rebound selections. Uh, The turnovers is where the small discrepancy is. Um, Kansas had seven more turnovers than Kansas State. So obviously with stats that would tell you that um, those those turnovers were created during ter- during during turmoil in certain times of those games. So I look forward to seeing some of these teams on my list in the tournament to come. Um, moving on to Big Ten matchup for tomorrow, um, the Iowa Hawkeye women are over in. Ohio State, Iowa comes into this game number two, um, facing a very strong number 18 Ohio State Buckeye women's team. Um, Iowa's 18 and one and undefeated in the Big Ten currently as it stands. Um, Ohio State is 14 and three. Ohio State has won the last uh, four of their games and then losing to the Michigan Lady Wolverines on December 30th of last year. Um, Iowa has won the last five of its games undefeated in the Big Ten. Um, as a team, Iowa averages 90.8 points a game, which is ridiculous and insane in its whole entirety of the sport of women's basketball. Um, but that's just what happens when you have moving pieces that know how to be efficient with each other. And that's the best part about the sport of basketball to me is being able to see what kinds of different parts can create that offensive efficiency on both ends of the court. Team average for Ohio State is 61.9 per game this season, uh, which is still very respectable. This is also why they're ranked number 18. They're still in the top 25 and soon probably going to crack the top 10. Um, I'm obviously taking Iowa by 15 points at at this rate. Um, There's just, it's very hard to stop a team that's got so many moving parts with so many shooters that don't just shoot one specific shot. Um, Just going over some more team stats. Um, Iowa is 18-0 and 0 in games placing 60, uh, 62 points or more, um, just about 10.4 uh, three points made per game on the season, and then only allowing just under 7% of opponents three-pointers. Um, when Iowa shoots a three-point percentage, they are 9-0. Um, moving to Ohio State, the biggest thing for Iowa is keeping pressure on both of their shooters, uh, Sheldon, who averages just under 18 points per game, and Shoemate, who averages um, just under 41% in terms of three-point percentage completion across the board. Um, if those two get hot, it's going to be a long game, but also the same respect for the Iowa Hawkeye women. Um, Kate Martin averages just under 12.5 points per game. Hannah Stolke also averages just about 13 points a game. Caitlin Clark, who averages 31 points per game, obviously you have to put pressure on Caitlin Clark, but as soon as you put pressure on Caitlin Clark, she is creating opportunities for her team to get those points. And that's the biggest thing is finding the type of defense that is going to be able to stop one or two of those moving parts for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, Caitlin Clark also averages uh, just under eight assists per game and just under seven and a half 
uh, rebounds per game. So we will look forward to watching that game tomorrow at 11 a.m. on NBC. Big 10 matchup, top 25 matchup. Going to be an electric game. Going to be an away game for Iowa. Um, most of the away games the Iowa women have on their schedule have been sold out because of the Caitlin Clark effect and just the entirety of women's basketball and how much it's grown. So I look forward to seeing the numbers and stats of just ticket sales and merchandise after this game. Moving in to our divisional round of football, um, Packers at San Francisco tonight at 7.15 on Fox. Um, the San Francisco 49ers come into this game 12-5 and five, um, over the Packers 9-8. and eight. Uh, San Francisco is a 10.5-point favorite at home, which is very fair, and honestly, I personally think it should be just a little bit more. But you can also never count out a playoff Packers team. Um, I personally, as a fan, want both of them to lose. Um, they both irritate the hell out of me. But just in terms of football and the sake of the game itself, I'm realistically going to take the 49ers um, to cover that 10 points and then some. Currently, as I am recording this podcast, the Texans are playing at the Baltimore Ravens as it currently stands. Going into this game, uh, the Texans were 10-7. and seven. The Ravens are 13-3. and three. When I last checked, it was 3-all at the end of the first quarter. Um, Lamar Matt Jackson ran for 23 yards, rushing in a wide-open zone defense by the... Houston Texans so we will see how the rest of that game plays out um, that's game started at 15:30 on ABC that's 3:30 for those of you who don't tell military time um, currently the uh, point favorite is nine uh, minus nine and a half in favor of the Ravens moving on to Sunday's games um, Buccaneers at Detroit Lions up there in Ford Field Bucks coming in this game nine and eight um, Lions are 12 and 5 at home. I'm going to take the Lions by the six points that they are favored. Um, that game is at 1400 tomorrow or 2 o'clock in the afternoon Central Standard Time on ABC. And the last game for our divisional weekend of playoffs, Kansas City Chiefs go into the Bills Stadium. Uh, both teams come in at 11 and 6. That game is tomorrow night at 17.30 or 5.30 in the afternoon Central Standard Time on CBS. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are just a three-point favorite over the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and again, this goes back to the first game I talked about. Um, the Bills have been on tear, but you can never, ever count out playoff Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I think this game is going to go and end up going into overtime. And I think the Bills do end up pulling it off with that um, three-point margin. Uh, going to be an interesting game. Going to be hopefully not as cold, not as snowy as the last two games for these teams were in the last game. Um, down in Arrowhead Stadium, Patrick Mahomes did end up breaking his helmet after taking a tackle um, from one of the uh, Dolphins' defensive backs. I mean, and he, like, pieces of the helmet flew off as he was getting hit. Then he went into the huddle, play to play and then changed off his helmet and had a little bit of trouble getting it back to secure. So I'm hoping that they were able to get that original helmet fixed up so Patrick Mahomes can do his thing against Josh Allen. Um, We've gotten through all the docket, guys. Just a short episode here on Saturday. Um, Got some stuff coming up here. We're working on getting 
um, some guests in the studio, some guests on the podcast in terms of the video um, content itself. Uh, we are also now able to accept listener support. So if you go on to the Spotify page, the Mac Truck Pro- Podcast profile page, there is a listener support button. Um, please feel free to send support. It's the best way to help me um, put together these episodes and uh, just to maintain the podcast overall. We'll never ask or beg, but if you would like to monetarily support, we would deeply, deeply appreciate it. This has been the Mac Truck Podcast here on Spotify and Spotify Podcast and wherever you get your audio listening pleasure. Follow, like, subscribe, share, leave feedback. Don't leave feedback. And if you do leave negative feedback, I will still appreciate it either way. Um, this is the Mac truck. We are out for a Saturday afternoon. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Look forward to a video podcast here soon within the days to come. We got a lot more to talk about. There's always sports going on, but for now we are out. If you don't know how to podcast, bang that follow button. Hey y'all, if you're looking for fresh new clothing to spice up your wardrobe or just get rid of some of the stuff in your closet that's not fashionable anymore, go ahead and check out the In My Bag clothing line by Evan Bradfield. Go ahead and download the WhatNot app to place your orders through the In My Bag apparel crew for up to $200 worth of credit. Tell them the Mack truck sent you. Go ahead and follow the In My Bag apparel crew on Instagram at in my underscore bag 2023 and go ahead and follow evan bradfield himself on instagram as well he is the creator and designer of this line go ahead and follow him on social media networking anywhere that you follow people is where you can find evan again that's the in my bag apparel crew on instagram in my underscore bag 2023 for that hashtag and follow on social media and download the whatnot app to place your orders for up to $200 worth of credit. And again, tell them the Mac truck sent you. Hey, Des Moines, if you're looking for a new barbering experience, go ahead and book your apartments with the folks at Truth Barbering Shop. 6563 University Avenue, Windsor Heights, Iowa. Go ahead and book your appointments on booksy.com through the Facebook app. Go ahead and follow Truth Barbering Shop on Facebook itself. Go ahead and follow Chris Fats Dixon, the barber, Spicy Sal, a brand new addition to the Truth Barbering Shop crew, and of course, Duke the barber himself. Shop hours are 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Saturday. Phone number is going to be 515-650-3258. Go ahead and tell them the Mack truck sent you. If you're looking for a new barber or just a new barbering experience, like I said, go visit those fellas over there on University Avenue. They do wonderful work for wonderful people, and they're here to inspire the world. So look, y'all, I know that you have noticed the brand new logo for the Mac Truck podcast that you all follow and listen to. If you need web designs, logos, or just a brand new 
spark in your life, go ahead and contact CCR Web Design and Graphic Design. Camilo Rodriguez, web designer and graphic designer, is the one who created the Mac Truck Podcast logo that you see all over social media and streaming sites for podcasts. The CCR Web Design crew does web design itself, graphic design, logo creation, and website setup itself. So go ahead and email them at ccr515.webflow.io phone number 515-313-7343 go ahead and tell them the mac trunk sent you again that's ccr web design and graphic design by camilo rodriguez